game day snacks and culinary delights. I'm your host, Chris Joseph, and together we will explore the delicious intersection of athleticism and gastronomy. So let's kick off this flavorful journey at a special episode eight on a Saturday before game day. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview that I had on Thursday that posted with Toby Rowland, the voice of the Oklahoma Sooners. If you haven't heard it, go back, check it out. Uh, Again, a good friend of mine, one of the best to do it in the business. That is the episode that aired on Thursday. We'll have Toby on again later in the season as we get close to bowl games, uh, going into college basketball, college baseball, the move into the SEC. But a lot of big-time football. NFL season got underway on Thursday night. Detroit with a big victory over Kansas City. Um, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast or not, but I have people around here. I called that game. I said Detroit's going to win with no Kelsey. It's going to come back to haunt Kansas City. So in that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start posting on my socials, and at the end of this episode – I'm going to actually pick a seven-team parlay. And the reason I picked a seven-team parlay is years ago when I actually put money on games, I hit two seven-team parlays in three weeks, and I had the guy that I was playing with tell me I couldn't play with him no more because I took his money. So I really didn't play much after that. So I'm going to start showing and, and keeping records so I can show you guys if I'm any good or not. And I've had some people close to me around here you know, take some of my advice, and, and, and they've made some money. So I'm not saying I'm an expert. Um, I'm going to have some fun with it, and you can follow along to see how accurate I am this year or not. But uh, the big game in college football tonight is here in Alabama, Tuscaloosa, as uh, Texas and Alabama square off. We'll talk about that. I'm going to go through the top 10 uh, ranked teams in college football and kind of talk about their games. Not a lot of big games this week. There's only one game with ranked teams, and I'll talk about that as well. Number one, Georgia welcomes in Ball State, and the guys from Muncie come to Sanford Stadium and are going to take an absolute dragging. Brock Bauer is going to continue to be unstoppable. Carson Beck will have the numbers they need while making it through this easy chunk of their schedule. Georgia's favored by 42. I I, I would probably take that 42. I'd probably give that 42 to Georgia. The over under 52, Georgia may score 52 itself. Probably play that, but it's not one of my picks. Number two, Michigan and UNLV square off in the big house. A solid outing by J.J. McCarthy. And, of course, welcoming back Blake Corm as he ran for 73 yards and a touchdown, showing speed and cutting ability on that damaged knee. Michigan favored by 37, the over under 58. I would probably go under. And, I, man, I, I don't know enough about UNLV. Uh, just There's sometimes at the big house, Michigan doesn't play like they should against teams they should put away. I'll say that. So I would probably stay away from that 37. Number four, Florida State coming off that big victory against LSU in Orlando. Jordan Travis and Mike Norvell with his swarming defense will be more than enough for the Knowles to easily beat Southern Miss. I think that score is going to be out of hand early. Uh, The over-under is 53. I don't know if Southern Miss can generate any offense on them. I would probably go – I'd probably still go over uh, and the – Spread 31, Florida State by 31. I would probably take that. I would probably give the 31 in that one. Ohio State's going to face off against in-state foe, Youngstown State. The Penguins come in. Kyle McCord will need to show better control of this offense and get the likes of Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka. The two talented wideouts only combined for five catches against Iowa. I expect the offense to get on track, but they showed they can control the game with a run and solid defense. No line because it's a FCS versus a Division One team. Number six, USC, Caleb Williams. No issues playing Stanford. Stanford may pose a tougher competition than the two previous opponents, but it will be more of the same of Caleb Williams putting up big numbers and the dynamic freshman Zachary Branch looking to make it three games in a row with a touchdown. Can the defense improve? Talk about that line. It is one of my picks uh, at the end of this segment. 
Number seven, Penn State, and the Fighting Blue Hens of Delaware come into Beaver Stadium, and uh, they should witness more of what they saw against West Virginia. Offense led by Drew Aller um, for the Nittany Lions should have the starters resting in the second half. Keandre Lambert-Smith, a dynamic wide receiver from Norfolk, Virginia, is the go-to guy for big plays for Aller. I expect Penn State to win that one pretty easily. Again, no line with that because it's Division One FCS. Um, number eight, Washington welcomes in Tulsa. Michael Penix Jr., one of the best quarterbacks in the country, showed it last week. Uh, he's in discussion for the Heisman. Uh, just an absolute dissection of Boise State. The ball seems to just explode off his hand. Jordan Ford, you know, the senior from Atlanta, had a great start to the season for Tulsa. 19 carries, 110 yards, one touchdown. Washington will beat up Tulsa. Many big hits from the Tulsa de- uh, for the Washington defense and special teams that set the tone during that Boise State game. The over sixty five, I-, I think, I- you know, you think about scoring in that game. That's a you know like a forty, you know, forty two twenty four game, which is still comfortable. Washington favored by thirty four. I would probably go over in that one just because of the offense. I think Michael Penix Jr. can score. I think Tulsa will be able to put up some points again. Turning around if you get a quick, you know. Quick turnaround offense. I do like the over in that. Tennessee welcomes in the governors of Austin P for game two in the Joe Milton area. Josh Heupel's offense will continue to put up big numbers and can do so on the ground and through the air. I expect Brew McCoy to make his first donation of an AED device this week, uh, working out the kinks of that usually fast-paced offense. They weren't as fast as what they would like last week, but I think they'll get that all under control. Number 10, Notre Dame, a tougher competition for Notre Dame as they hit the road for the first time. Well, I say hit the road for the first time. They played the first game in Dublin, Ireland. This is the first actual true road game as they take on NC State. Sam Hartman, who's been nothing but stellar in his two games as the Irish quarterback, the ACC all-time leading touchdown thrower, uh, has been just money. And he's come in. He's the captain of the team. He's fit right in. The defense has not allowed a touchdown this year in two games, but the matchup against North, uh, North Carolina State obviously going to bring some different challenges. Brennan Armstrong, the quarterback for NC State, 17 to 26 through the air, 155 yards, but on the ground, 19 carries, 96 yards against Connecticut, two touchdowns. Uh, the only top 10 team to hit the road so far. Notre Dame favored by seven and a half. The over under is 51. I would take the over in that. And I say that, and you're going to find out if Notre Dame's defense is for real. Now, if they go out there and they, they don't allow a touchdown again to a North Carolina State team with a with a pretty good quarterback, you know, I, I'm not going to say he's great, but he's, he's obviously the best quarterback they've seen this year, can run, can throw. Um, I, I really like I, I, I like the over in that game. Notre Dame should win by more than a touchdown. Lines, I think, at 7.5. The only two games with ranked teams, former SEC foes, Ole Miss travels to New Orleans to take on an ever-confident Tulane, Michael Pratt and Jaquan Jackson making up a dangerous combination that'll give any team problems. And you got to think Tulane coming off that very convincing beatdown of South Alabama, which is a good team. I mean, a lot of people think South Alabama is going to win the uh, the, the um, Sun Belt. And they come off a 10-win season from last year. Of course, Ole Miss had no trouble with Mercer, Jackson, Dart. Let everybody know he was QB1 in complete control. I'm picking the upset. I would probably take the upset and the over in this game. The Mississippi's favored by 7.5. I would take Tulane plus the points. I think they're going to win straight up. But if I was gambling, uh, I would just take Mississippi. Or I would take Tulane plus the 7.5. And, and I like the over in that game. If I had to pick one, I would probably lean more confident towards the over, if you ask me. Of 67 points, just because I think, you know, Jackson Dart and and what Michael Pratt can do for Tulane, I think it's going to be 
uh, really high scoring game. But again, you know, Ole Miss travels to New Orleans. Like I said, a rematch of old SEC foes down in New Orleans. Number 18, Oklahoma hosts SMU. And I got to talk about Oklahoma. It's my team. I've got a lot of Oklahoma fan base that listens. I appreciate all Sooner Nation that, that tunes in and enjoys the podcast here. They host SMU 5 o'clock. This was supposed to be the Georgia game, but this is kind of what we have. Not much to pick apart from last week. I know I've heard a lot of people, you know, I talked with Toby on Thursday, and Toby mentioned if there's one point of contention, it's probably that the defense only had one sack. Now, if you really pay attention to the game against Arkansas State, it was a lot of just, you know, direct snap to the quarterback, step throw, get the ball out of the hand real quick, not let the defense make any plays. Preston Stone does like to take some shots deep, so it could give that defensive line an opportunity. Um, I want to see more what this offense does, Dylan Gabriel looked really solid. You know, can Gavin Freeman continue what he's doing? The running back room seems full with talent. And this defense, a bunch of young guys, you know, Peyton Bowen. Uh, I still expect Peyton Bowen to find pay dirt sometime this season. And, and I think maybe they throw one to us this week as well. So I think it'll be interesting. Uh, defensive line, you got to love the depth. You know, people talked about depth heading into the season for Oklahoma. 16 players got rotated in that game against Arkansas State. And they get pressure. It's going to be a good test. Toby mentioned it when I spoke to him on Thursday. One of the best, if not the best, offense that Oklahoma will see this year. Rhett Lashley's teams come in and they're and they're going to push it. They're going to push it. You know, they got to get ready to go into the ACC and take on the likes of Clemson and Florida State and those guys. So uh, this is a you know a big step for SMU. The over under sixty eight and a half. I would probably take the over in that. I do think SMU is going to score in this game. I think Oklahoma is going to score in this game. I will say Barrett Salee, uh, his bold prediction was that SMU will have the ball with under five minutes left to go with a chance to win the game. Now, I did screenshot that because I'm going to be like Coach Prime and I'm going to keep my receipts. We're going to see. I think Oklahoma wins, you know, 17 points. So I would probably take Oklahoma given the 15 and a half and the over in that game. So, But, of course, the big game, everyone, it's prime time. Bryant-Denny Stadium, number 11, Texas, comes into Alabama. Quinn Ewers, Jalen Milrow. Texas has a good defense that will be tested by the athleticism of Milrow. Xavier Worthy, one of the best receivers in the country. And if Alabama has issues in the secondary with Malachi Moore and Jalen Key being injured, they're listed as day-to-day. You know, Coach Saban, those guys, they're not going to talk about injuries. They're not going to bring them up. If they play, are they are they 100%? If they're not 100%, that could cause some matchup problems. What will be interesting, though, is can Texas take the crowd out early? I mean, they're going to be amped up. You know, there's no doubt about it. They're going to be amped up for this game. They start playing Dixieland Delight. It, it's going to be kind of raucous in there. they got to keep Quinn Ewers clean. they got to put pressure on Milrow and see if they can challenge his decision-making decision in the game and making some wide receivers make some tough catches. I would take Texas getting the seven points in this game. Over under 54. Last year was, what was it, 21-20. You know, it's close. I, I, I would probably go under in this game. You know, I think Texas' defense is good. You still have, you know, uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry and Dallas Turner. But both teams didn't forget how to play defense. And, and this is my point. And I'm not saying Texas is going to win this game, but think about this. Jameer Gibbs, Bryce Young, guys that already make an impact. Well, I, I say already. Jameer Gibbs, you saw his talent. Thursday night for the Lions. But guys like that, and I'm not saying Milrow can't be special, but Milrow's not Bryce Young. Bryce Young made a lot of plays, especially late in that game, sidestepping that blitz. Now, I still think that should have been a safety in the end zone. Texas get the ball back. Maybe they they milk the clock 
viewers doesn't get hurt. Who knows? I hate saying it, but I think Texas should have won that game last year, but shoulda, coulda, woulda. It's done. This will be a big one. It's a tone setter for both teams. I think you'll know a lot about both teams after this. Some people predicting Texas to be in the playoffs. We'll see. Alabama, this will be a big tone setter for them. And, of course, it's a future SEC matchup, so we're looking forward to that as well. I think I took uh, Texas getting the points as one of my picks. We'll go over that. But the NFL, it's here. I'm excited um, through my work. I, I get off on Sundays, so I'll be able to sit there. I'm going to watch the Sunday ticket for the first time I got Sunday ticket, and I'm going to partake. Uh, I get to go to a game this year. I'm going to the Commanders versus the Falcons, which I'm going to do some food reviews there because the the food selections at Mercedes-Benz Stadium are ridiculous. You know, Arthur Blanks and those guys, they did a good job making sure, one, that it was affordable, but there's a lot of different food choices. So if you are going to go to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I'm going to do some food reviews on, you know, just the normal, not just the hamburger and nachos and stuff like that. They've got, so I, I'll get into it as we get closer to that. But, you know, I mentioned Thursday night, you know, the, the Chiefs and the Lions, that game, Kansas City was favored by four and a half. I, I said, take Detroit, you know, told some friends right here, take Detroit. It's the way to go. I took Detroit uh, straight up in the win. They got it. I really liked it. Early action on Sunday, Carolina, Atlanta. Young quarterbacks are going to score off as Desmond Ritter in his first opening day start goes against rookie Bryce Young. Ritter, I think, has the luxury of having Kyle Pitts, which, you know, and also a guy, again, another Texas player, which probably could be offensive rookie of the year. Bijan Robinson with some injuries in the offensive line. Depth will be a question for the Falcons. As for the Panthers, three of their six wide receivers are listed as questionable, and Young will need a veteran and veteran play from Adam Thielen and the combo running backs of Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard. Hayden Hurst may get a lot of targets this week. One, I like Atlanta in this one. Atlanta favored by three and a half. The over under 39 and a half. I would take Atlanta given the three and a half points. It's at home. I think with Desmond Ritter, what he brings to the table will be a lot of fun. Joey Burrow. Joey Cool getting paid. Bengals at the Browns. Bengals offense should click. You know, with Joe Mixon, Chase, T. Higgins. Burrow, it's good. You know, after the early calf injury in camp, he's good to go. I like on defense. I like Dax Hill, the secondary. Deshaun Watson's going to get a start for the Browns. Nick Chubb leading the ground attack. And aging Amari Cooper with Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples-Jones will need to get open for Watson. And big plays from his tight end, David and Juku. That base 4-3 defense will get tested in week one against the Bengals. I think I took the Bengals as one of my picks as well, two and a half. I would take the Bengals giving up two and a half. The over-under 48. Uh... You know, the NFL's weird. They're starting to score more points. Once you get into the 50s, it's kind of iffy. I would probably stay away from the over-under in that. But I like the I like the, the points. I would take the Bengals, given the two and a half. Jags and Colts. Now, this game could be interesting in the future if you think about the quarterback matchup. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars go to the Colts. Trevor Lawrence going against um, Anthony Richardson. But Trevor Lawrence led his team to the playoffs last year. And think about that comeback. He threw four interceptions in that game against the Chargers and still brought his team back from down 27 to win. Amazing. Calvin Ridley, I think, are going to make a dangerous combo along with Christian Kirk. They added Anton Harris in the first round to help protect him on the line. That 3-4 defense led by second-year Josh Allen from Kentucky, who led the team in sacks last year. Jacksonville, I, I think Jacksonville wins the South. And again, I think they're in the playoffs. Anthony Richardson, QB1 in Baltimore. No Jonathan Taylor. So running back by committee, Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, Evan Hull. Michael Pittman Jr. needs to be the leader. DeForest Buckner leads that 4-3 defense. Jacksonville favored by five. I, I, I would probably take Jacksonville given the points in that. The over-under 45, I'd probably go under in this one. 
Tampa Bay and Minnesota. Tampa Bay travels to Minnesota. Baker Mayfield gets his first start, filling in for, or replacing, I should say, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins now. Bucks got to get the ground game going to help Baker in the play-action passing game. Rashad White needs to have a big year. Mike Evans could be his last year. Hearing about everything, you know, Mr. Thousand-Yard Receiver could be gone. And uh, Chris Godwin, Trey Palmer can all make plays. Baker won't approve to everyone, but it's hard filling the shoes of the GOAT. And from what I know of Baker, you know, I, I tell people, you know, I, I got to interview him a couple times when he was at Oklahoma when I was there. And he's a guy that if you doubt him, he's going to come out swinging. And it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. If they can get the ground game going, helping that play-action pass game, I, I, I like what the offense can do. I do think it's going to be too much in this week one because of what Minnesota has. Minnesota was cruising last year. Kirk Cousins having almost an MVP season. Justin Jefferson, an explosive offense. you got a great tight end in TJ Hawkinson. And you know they choked in the playoffs against the Giants. Defense is going to have to be... Um, a lot better with young, inexperienced, and unproven players. Could be an interesting matchup in week one, especially the Bucks have a good game plan. I Minnesota by five and a half. It could be closer, but I I would I would probably go Minnesota given the five and a half. I would probably go with the over as well. O, over forty five. I think in this game, because of the young inexperienced Minnesota defense and be, but and also the offense that they have, there's gonna be some points put up. I would take the over in this game. Uh, Minnesota, I'd probably Give the point. No, I'd probably take, man, I don't know. I'd probably give the points. I, I'd say Minnesota minus five and a half. Tennessee and the Saints. Tennessee will travel to New Orleans as Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, now the quarterback for the Saints. Tannehill has, you know, King Henry, D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins at his disposal. The leader on the defense, Jeffrey Simmons, just signed a four-year, $94 million deal for the two-time Pro Bowler. New Orleans is convinced Michael Thomas to return and play with Carr if he could be his old self or close. Now with Chris Olave and also running back Jamal Williams from Detroit, who had a great season last year. This could be a really good offense with Alvin Kamara as a backup. You know, the, you know, the load's going to fall on, on Williams. You know, I, I think with Kamara not, uh, not being in, not being able to play right now. D has got to get better there. 22nd against the run. They need more turnovers. Only 14 turnovers last year. Second to last in the league. Uh, New Orleans by three. I would I would take New Orleans giving up the three in this game. I would take New Orleans minus three over under 41. I would probably go under in this game. Probably go under. I, this is like a you know, 17-10 game, I think. 49ers at Pittsburgh I think is one of the best matchups of this weekend. Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett. Joey Bosa, what can he do? He signed highest-paid defensive player in the league. How much action will he see in this week if he if he's in game shape? Five-year, $170 million deal. Purdy's back and healthy, leading the offense. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. You got that monster on the offensive line, Trent Williams. For Pittsburgh, I mentioned earlier, I think the connection of Kenny Pickett and George Pickens is going to be it's going to be electric. I mean, I think those guys are going to hook up quite often. Najee Harris. Is going to be a nice safety blanket for Pickett. I think the 49ers are just too much for Pittsburgh early in the season. San Francisco minus two and a half. I would give the two and a half. I would take San Francisco minus the two and a half. Over under 41. One of the best defenses in the in the in the country. Or I say in the country. In the league. Like I think I'm talking NFL, not college football. One of the best defenses in the in the league. Under 41. I would probably go over in this one. I think this one goes over 41. The Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens, one of the biggest spreads. Uh, I think it is the biggest spread this weekend in the NFL action. I think it's by 10. But uh, Lamar Jackson got his contract. Odell Beckham Jr., will he return his old form? Zay Flowers, another guy that I think could challenge Bijan Robinson for Rookie of the Year. 
dynamic, can make plays from anywhere on the field. Mark Andrews is questionable, the the do-everything tight end. And that new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, coming over from Georgia. You got Roquan Smith leading the way. And then, of course, if it comes down to a to a special teams game, you got the most accurate kicker in history in Justin Tucker. So anything that's close, I think it's going to the Ravens' side. I don't think it's going to be close. Houston starting quarterback, C.J. Stroud, starting week one. It's going to be a lot of growing pains for a franchise that can never seem to really keep any momentum. Now, you bring in D'Amico Ryans. He led that San Francisco defense to be one of the best out there. And in the draft, they did a great job. When you go out and you get C.J. Stroud, and they work around, and you get Will Smith or Will Anderson. So a former Alabama defensive great gets an Alabama defensive great. New offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick in his West Coast style that he learned under Kyle Shanahan is going to be put to the test with an offense that averaged the fewest yards per play in the league last year. Larry Tunsil has got to be the leader on that line and keep Stroud upright and healthy. With two good running backs in Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary, they should be better on the ground. Will Anderson and Derek Stingley Jr. are going to be the core of this young building defense. Then, of course, D'Amico Ryan, what he's doing. We'll see if he can replicate what he did in San Francisco. Baltimore favored by 10. Now, you know, it's always hard in the NFL when you look at double-digit spreads. I would stay away from it. If I had to pick one, I would probably take Baltimore, given the 10. I just don't think Houston is a good football team. Uh, And under 43. I just don't know if Houston's going to score. I, I, I don't. I don't have a lot of confidence in that team right now. I, I am anxious to see what D'Amico Ryans can build. Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. The Jordan Love era is here. It's your team now. Two of their starting wide receivers are questionable. Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. So we'll see if that could that could impact the team, which means rookie Jaden Reed needs to impress in his first game as a pro. Green Bay is trying to build a solid defense of seven of the last eight years. They selected defensive players with the first pick. Last year, of course, they took Lucas Van Ness, from uh, an edge rusher from Iowa, to team up with the anchor Kenny Clark. Bears, led by Justin Fields, will have to find new weapon in DJ Moore as he comes over from the Panthers. The line has to play better. Fourth most sacks given up. Fields is able to run, and they had the best rushing attack in the league last year with, with Fields in the running game, but it, it's going to be hard. Chicago by one is the line over under 42. I think it's going to be hard for Jordan Love. I think in Chicago, the experience with, with Justin Fields, I, I would give that edge to Chicago, minus one. Um, the over-under 42, don't like that point spread either, but I would take Chicago giving up the one. The Las Vegas Raiders and the Denver Broncos, Jimmy G now with Josh Jacobs and the Raiders. So when the Raiders have Josh Jacobs playing, they are 7-0 and against the Broncos. 7-0. and And the Broncos possibly have a defensive rookie of the year candidate in Texas Tech lineman Tyree Wilson. Or, or I'm sorry, the um, I, I, didn't, I mean the Raiders. He's with the Raiders. And you got Max Crosby on the other side. That's going to make a you know, really difficult matchup problems. Offensively, Jimmy Garoppolo will have Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Michael Meyer, uh, Mayer from Notre Dame, a great tight end. He's going to replace Darren Waller. Maybe he'll stay healthy. Uh, Russell Wilson gets Samaj P. Ryan and Marvin Mims Jr., to go along with Jerry Judy. The offense needs a spark, averaging less than 21 points per game the last seven seasons. Sean Payton brings in P. Ryan, which gives three-down back ability. He and Javante Williams need to get the ground game going for Payton's Joe Lombardi-led offense. Defensively for the Broncos, they need to close out close games. All 12 of their losses by one possession, seven points or less, and only gave up 21.1 points per game last year. Vance Joseph will keep that 3-4 and needs Patrick Sertain and Justin Simmons to be as good as they were last year. No real threat on the defensive line. Linebacker play is solid, though, with Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell. Denver by three and a half. 
I, I, I like the upset in this one. I would take Oakland plus the three and a half. Uh, the, la- the last um, early game, my boys, the Commanders and the Arizona Cardinals, Washington trying to build off a good p- uh, preseason. They went 3-0 and in the preseason. The Cardinals are an absolute dumpster fire. Kyler Murray's hurt. They're not playing. They let Colt McCoy go. Josh, Jobs, Josh Dobbs is going to get the start. James Conner, who, you know, I've loved his story since he was in college, you know, surviving cancer and just coming back as, as just a gritty, gritty running back. But you let Colt McCoy go. I don't know. Zach Ertz, you know, is he going to play? Marquise Brown, he's questionable. Buda Baker, probably the best entire play, probably the best player on the entire team. And Zayvon Collins, you know, maybe moving to edge rusher. It, 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 it's not a good look for the the Cardinals. Everyone talking about tanking for Caleb. <laughs> I don't know if Caleb wants to go there because now comments he's made or his dad's made about not going. Washington, they let Tyler Heineke go. Carson Wentz. Now it's up to Sam Howell. Eric Benemy comes over from Kansas City with weapons like Terry McLaurin, Jahan Doxson, uh, Samuel, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. Offense could be really, really dangerous. I do want to see how well Emmanuel Forbes plays from Mississippi State. I, I would have wanted him to go a different route, but you know they look for a guy who, who's a ball hawker to help a secondary that only had seven picks last year. Now in this, to spread seven. Favorite of Washington. I would probably go Washington minus a seven in this game over thirty-eight. I, I'd probably go under because I don't I don't think I don't I don't think Arizona's gonna score. I just don't see it. Eagles and Patriots, Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones score off two former Alabama quarterbacks. Patriots add Matt Corral as a backup, and they add Ezekiel Elliott to back up Ramon J. Stevenson. You know, Juju Smith Schuster wants to be the man out there in New England, but I feel too many lingering injury problems, you know, on that offensive line with two starters potentially out. Leave this game up for the Eagles D to smother Mac Jones. Look out uh, for the Pats to use Mike Gusecki like a Travis Kelsey-type player. The Pats defense, Kyle Duggar, is an emerging star looking to take over for the team leader that retired last year in Devin McCourty. Pats D should be solid, but the Eagles, are, you know, after coming so close to winning it last year, you know, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, now you bring in DeAndre Swift. You know, the offense look it's just going to keep going. Jalen Carter, he's probably going to be Defensive Rookie of the Year. Nicobe Dean, Keely Ringo. Defense is going to be nasty again. Eagles by four. I, I would take the Eagles giving up four. Over 45. I just don't see the Patriots scoring that money. So I, that, I would probably go under, under 45. Miami at the Chargers, Justin Herbert. And the Chargers trying to forget about that 27-point blown lead against the Jaguars. Kellen Moore comes in as the new offensive coordinator. Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson provide a big go up and get it targets. But not a lot of speed for the Chargers. So they use Austin Eckler a lot out of the backfield to do a lot of running, catching. Kenneth Murray needs to learn from Eric Kendrick, who comes over. You know, I, I like Kenneth when he was at Oklahoma. Good speed, good size. Needs to get a little bit better. Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. It could be a really dangerous linebacker group if they gel and play well. Miami coming up, you know, counting on Tua not getting hurt. You know, one more concussion, I think Tua is probably done. I think he's probably done. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, two of the fastest men in the league. Raheem Mostart. Mostert, I always pronounce his name wrong. I apologize. Leading the ground attack, you know, is going to be a big question. Can the line keep Tua off the grass? Four-time Pro Bowler Taron Armstead is questionable for the season opener. For the Dolphins, last year was bad. 30th in takeaways, 27th in pass defense, 24th in scoring defense, 18th in total defense. They traded for Jalen Ramsey, but he tore his knee up in camp. Eli Apple is not what everyone thought he was going to be. A lot of people put a lot of you know stock in Miami this year. I, I don't see it. Chargers favored by three. I would take Chargers giving up to three. Over under 51. I would take the over in this one. I would take over 51 in this one. 
Rams and the Seahawks used to be a really big game. I don't think it's that much of a game this year, uh, this this season. You've still got some big names. Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald. The Rams offense is going to struggle. Cooper Cup, he's injured. Um, Cam Akers isn't that guy, especially with a not-so-good offensive line. You know, Giving up 59 sacks last year. Uh, for Seattle, I love the trio, though, of DK, uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Could be a really good group for Geno Smith. Geno's got full control of that offense now. They're trying to rebuild that Legion of Boom, bringing back old-timer. You know, I say old-timer. Bobby Wagner's back. Devin Bush makes that linebacker. A really linebacker group really talented. Seattle by five. In Seattle, the over-under of 46. I would probably I would probably go – that one I think is close. Well, no, I would go Seattle minus five. Sunday night football, you, know, you get to see the sun I waited all day for Sunday night. It's here. Dallas and the Giants, two teams that I wish they could lose every game. We'll see. Dax and Daniel. Saquon Barkley now at uh, with Darren Waller with the Giants. They can stay healthy. Darius Slayton, the Giants, could be a fun offense this year. Sterling Shepard coming back after that non-contact knee injury, if he can you know, contribute any bit. You know, for the defense, the G-Man, Deontay Banks, and Adore Jackson are a good pair. Uh, you always got to keep out for Kayvon Thibodeau. That's a big year for Dak, you know. Dak Prescott has got to step up. He's got to step up. Deuce Vaughn, I think it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Michael Parsons is going to just tear people up this year. Dallas by three and a half. Uh, it is at the Giants. Man, I, you know, Giants coming off that that playoff victory last year. It's close, but I would go, if I was betting, I would go Dallas plus the three and a half. Over under 45. Man, I'd probably go over in that one. 45 and a half. Monday night football around out week one, the Bills at the Jets. Aaron Rodgers' first game for Gang Green. A lot of chest thumping going on up in New York. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Ken Dorsey needs to use the tight ends. Dax and Knox and first-round pick Dalton Kincaid. James Cook will lead the ground attack. Defensively for the Bills, Shaq Lawson looks to be a terror on the edge. If Vaughn Miller can be healthy, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer patrol the secondary. It's gonna, it, it, you know, The Bills, it's like, is their window closing? You know, they should not have lost to the Bengals last year, but is the Bills' windows closing? We'll see. The Jets, Brees Hall, questionable. Dalvin Cook, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard. The Jets' Ds led by Quinton Williams, Sauce Gardner on the corners. But can Roger muster up that magic on his way out? Is he happy that he's out of Green Bay? Is that going to you know play a factor into it? And as much as I want to buy into the hype of Aaron Rodgers, Buffalo favored by two and a half on the road Monday night. Yes, it's going to be crazy. Uh, you don't have the fireman there anymore. I think he's passed, unfortunately. Rest in peace. The crowd's going to be nuts. The J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. But I would take Buffalo giving up the two and a half in that game. So that's my uh, pre or, or look at week one in the NFL. Here's my 17 parlay. And I'm going to put this out on the socials. And stay, stay tuned for the socials because I'm going to start posting recipes. I still have to post the recipe for the ice cream that I had on uh, my birthday last weekend. Three ingredient cookies and cream ice cream that will blow your mind. I promise. My 17 parlay. I'm gonna start in the NFL. I got the Bengals minus two and a half at the Browns. I, I just like. I'll give up two and a half in that. San Francisco minus two and a half to Pittsburgh. I like that. Colorado. Colorado minus three against Nebraska. Look, I, I get it. Some people may think you you know people are jumping over overboard with Colorado. Nebraska is not a good football team. You you lost to Minnesota, struggle bust. 
They don't have a good quarterback. It's in Colorado. Now, there's a lot of can you reduplicate it. I just I, I think Dion has those guys bought in. Travis Hunter, Shador, his son, they're going to go out there and, and perform. I mean, I think right now if you look talent-wise, top to bottom of what you've seen on the field, Colorado has the best players on the field. Colorado wins by more than three. And this, what used to be a great rivalry in the old Big 8, Big 12 even, a lot of fun. USC Stanford over 69.5, I think that's going to be a lock. Oregon at Texas Tech, over 69. I mean, Oregon scored 81 by themselves last week. Yes, it was Portland State, but I think Oregon and Texas Tech are going to put up some points over 69 in that. Texas plus 7 at Alabama, and Tulane plus 7.5 over Ole Miss. So I'm going to keep track of this, and we're going to see you know, how well I do, if this even makes, you know, makes any, any sense to keep track, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to keep an eye out. I'm going to see how well I do. I'm going to, you know, it's basically like being accountable, you know, so people could go back and look and, and you know, if I say something on air and be like, well, I said this was going to happen. Well, I'm going to post it on the socials. So that way people can kind of see what is actually happening, what games I'm picking so they can enjoy it. And then again, like I said, they'll they'll tell me if I'm wrong. And I know when people um, interact, they're going to let me know. And I'm cool with that. I've got thick skin. So, but I hope you enjoy the football. I appreciate you uh, for tuning in, for listening. Those of you guys that have downloaded, remember to rate, review, spread the word. Let everybody know about this podcast. I'm trying to get some more guests on here. I enjoyed having Toby rolling on. But enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the football. And on Tuesday, we'll have another episode for you. Thank you for tuning in to another delicious episode of Sports Bites where we dished out the perfect blend of sports and food for your ears. I hope you've savored the flavor of our discussions and found them as satisfying as your team winning on the field. If you're hungry for more, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Stay connected with us on social media for the latest updates, mouthwatering recipes, and sports insights that hit the spot. Until next time, remember to keep your appetite for sports and food alive, and may your game day snacks always be on point. Good day, everyone, and remember, always positive and move forward.